The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and uh, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, which you can learn more about on miningstocks.com. And uh, also, uh, we're in the process now of providing a daily blog, uh, which I'll be telling you about as well. Uh, I want to thank each of you for listening to this show. Um, it's every, every, every Tuesday at this time at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. I also want to thank our corporate sponsors. They are Coral Gold, Hawthorne Gold, Palangio Exploration, Metanor Resources, and Sand Gold, and we should mention that all of those companies, with the exception of Coral Gold, were in fact recommended in my newsletter before uh, before we started this radio show. Coral Gold is not at this time. It may become uh, a recommendation in the future. It certainly is worthy of consideration. There are many considerations that I make besides the individual company's merits. It has to do with the macroeconomic view that I take as well as uh, you know where we're at at a given time in the market, but this is a company that does have 2.3 million ounces of gold in the ground, surrounded by barrack gold, and uh, it has a 12 million dollar market cap. So it certainly is, I think, worthy of a look. And I'll be focusing on that company uh, in the future. Our model portfolio is doing quite well so far this year. Uh, we're up 50 percent, but as I've said uh, so many times before. I'm very, very cautious now. I think that uh, we are heading into some very difficult times in the fall of this year. Our uranium stocks have been on a tear. Our gold exploration stocks are up 96%. Uranium stocks are up 155%. Progress A, that is, the companies that produce gold, have not done quite as well. They're up 38%. But So we have, we're having a good year, and what we're suggesting is that uh, we believe we're in a the last leg up of this um, correction of the major decline that occurred last fall, and we do believe we're going to have another major shoe to drop in the future. 
uh, probably at the end of the summer into September possibly. And we want to be ready with that. We want to have cash on hand so that we can protect ourselves by buying um, by, protect, by hedging against an equity market uh, decline through the Prudent Bear or SDS or some uh, ETF. We also think that the equity markets are like or the, uh, the bond market, the long-term U.S. Treasury market is likely to get, to, to get hit very hard at some point in time here, and we want to find ways to, to uh, protect ourselves against rising interest rates, perhaps through TBT. And last but not least, we believe this will be the best possible time for gold mining shares because when we have a credit contraction like we had last fall and one that we anticipate forthcoming again, the cost of producing gold falls more than the price of gold. That has generally been the case over major credit uh, contractions going back some 300 years, as Bob Hoy told us a few weeks ago. So we want to have money ready then to buy up the junior mining companies and senior mining companies at what I think will be bargain basement prices because I do believe the gold shares are going to get hit very hard as well along with everything else. Um, well, one can never know for certain where things are going, that's for sure. We try to use our God-given intellect uh, to learn from the past as best we can. And we, we look at patterns in the past and try to project them into the future. We're going to have Arch Crawford on our show in the second and third uh, segments of this week. Arch has been with us for the last couple of weeks and we're going to let him talk today about astrology and how that may be used in the markets. We want to try to separate the hocus-pocus aspects of astrology uh, from the science of it. We do know that the, earthly, that the heavenly bodies have a, a, a force on earthquakes and weather and magnetic and electromagnetic fields, gravitational pull and so forth. So we're going to explore some of that with Arch uh, Crawford when he comes on in the second uh, and third segments. But before we get to Arch, we have a really good friend of mine on. Uh, Peter Granich is here today, and I'm hoping to get Peter Granich on next week uh, or sometime in the near future, if not next week. And uh, Peter um, is, is, has been a long-term friend of mine going back several years. Um, he has, uh, been a, has had a, a tremendous track record in the investment arena, uh, has really very unique in the sense that he doesn't have any formal education or training, and sometimes I think that's actually an advantage because a lot of the training that people get these days in the, in the universities are more probably misinformation than anything else. But Peter entered, uh, Peter entered Wall Street in the mid-1980s and within three years was appointed vice president of investment strategy for a leading New York stock exchange member firm. Um, and he, actually, we've got two people, uh, Peter and Arch, Arch uh, Crawford, both uh, called the 1987 stock market crash. Peter was labeled Wall Street whiz kid by Good Morning America. Uh, Granich gained national notoriety by being among the very few people who forecasted that uh, 1987 crash. But uh, on the very next day, he predicted that within two years, the market would reach an all-time high, uh, which it did. So Peter's had a fantastic track record, but more importantly than that, I've known Peter as a friend and as a man of uh, strong biblical principles and honesty and morality. And in this day and age, I don't think there's anything more important than that. Peter, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jay. Peter, you just heard sort of my prognosis of the market. I'd like to just ask you, uh, you know, we have you know, five, six minutes here perhaps or more to tell us what your views are uh, on the equity markets. And then if you want to go into the gold markets, which is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, as well as the uh, any of the other markets, the major markets, the bond markets, the dollar, where sure. do you think we're heading? 
uh, in a couple days after the high in 2007, it was my we were going to see the absolute worst uh, times ahead. So we were very bearish to this past March. We went long, and then a couple of months ago, around 8,500, it moved away from the stock market. And quite frankly, believe the market at best will go into a long-term trading range with a potential still of 10,000 to 10,500 on the high, but more likely uh, trade somewhere between the lows of 6,500 and 9,000 for several years ahead. So sort of a uh, in that range is your most likely uh, your most likely call sixty five hundred to nine yeah. thousand. And the reason Jay is simply mm-hmm. this: at the end of the day, the stock market is a, a place where part ownership is bought and sold each day in corporations. Mm-hmm. And in order for corporations to grow, they need earnings growth. You can't get earnings growth when purchasing power of consumers is, is being greatly reduced, and it is now. Uh, consumers don't have the tools. Uh, that they had a few years ago that they could wildly spend. The days of borrowing against the future are gone. So the wild consumption that we saw that really drove the economy in the 90s in the first half of the new millennium are gone. So regardless of whether people want to argue about all the other things, the ability for corporate earnings to grow substantially are not going to be there. The other problem is we've gotten about the most we can out of productivity. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to see expansions in PEs. Uh, the only thing that could help the stock market down the road a few years from now, but it will actually be a double-edged sword, is the return of inflation where then you can get some expansion on PEs. But, but by and large, the, the stock market is not going to be the performer that it has been over the last 20 years. Yeah, I, I think you're probably pretty much on the same page as, as myself and a lot of other people that attend our shows uh, the shows that you and I both speak at. What about the bond market? Isn't this bond market going to tank sometime? The U.S. the U.S. Treasury market, the long market, as we finance trillions of dollars. They say in life there's nothing certain but death and taxes. I would say pretty certain is that we will have uh, a weaker bond market over the coming years, uh, substantially higher interest rates down the road. It's not likely to happen overnight. But anybody that would be foolish enough now to look to to, to lock in a rate that would only earn them 3 or 4% over the next 20 years, I think, is doing a detriment to their portfolio. would certainly seem so. Uh, I just can't figure out where those trillions of dollars are going to come from. The Chinese certainly don't have have all that money, even if they were willing to lend it to us. So they're going to print, I suppose. And then do you, do you expect inflation down the road, Peter, big inflation? Print, print is the only answer. And here, Jay, is the bottom, bottom line. We've been friends for over 20 years. And I think if you just give it to the bottom line, people can then judge for themselves. We, we, we've gone beyond the point of no return for this country. It's simple. Actuaries can tell you there's only going to be a certain amount of people of population over the coming years. They're only going to be able to earn a certain amount of disposable income after cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. The government could then only tax them a certain amount of money and leave them the opportunity to still live on minimum levels. Mm-hmm. Anybody with an economic mind realizes the amount of money we now owe that has to be paid back, not just the interest, but the principle that everybody forgets cannot be supported by the future workforce out there. So all this talk about this is just a normal recession and things are going to return back to hunky-dory is impossible. We can't manufacture enough uh, income mm-hmm. to pare down our debt. So the only thing that eventually will happen with our debt is it will either have to be forgiven, 
It'll have to be renegotiated and or it'll be monetized. Right. And in any of those scenarios, none of them are good if you're an American. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. Peter, we're going to have to have you back sometime soon to talk about the, you know, how we can protect ourselves against those calamities that you see coming. But we've got a couple more issues we've got to talk about in, in two minutes here at most. Uh, first is you're having a conference down at the Jersey Shore, and thank you very much for inviting me along and uh, to speak there, as well as Chen Lin. Could you tell our listeners about that conference? Sure. Uh, you and I have you've been gracious enough to do many of my charity conferences over the year. We're having another one-day conference here in central New Jersey. It's on August 15th. Uh, besides yourself uh, and besides Chen, we'll also have Dr. Michael Barry, uh, Luz Kiktigna, who's a well-known financial radio talk show host down here, uh, Robert Munoz, who's an expert on the new tax laws that we're going to face with Obama, and myself. It's a one-day conference. Uh, $50 is the course. It covers your breakfast and lunch, and it's going to be limited to 85 people, and we're almost halfway sold out already. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know these are a lot of fun I would uh, and, and a lot of good information, and you're doing a good cause as well. Peter has always had a heart for people who have difficulties in life, and, and that's one of the things that makes Peter a good friend of mine. Uh, Peter, just before we break for our commercial, can you tell us uh, how people can learn more about your blog? And because uh, you have a, an excellent daily blog, can you just give that that uh, address? That'll be fine, Jay. And they can learn more about the seminar there. It, the blog is simple. It's my last name, Grandich, G R A N D I C H dot agoracom, and that's A G O R A C O M dot com. So it's Grandich dot agoracom dot com, and it's free. Fantastic, Peter. Thank you so much for being with us today, and we look to have you back next week or sometime in the near future in any event. Folks, we're going to have Arch Crawford coming up next. Uh, Arch uh, was one of, of, along with Peter uh, Peter Granich, one of the few people that called the 1987 market crash, and he's had a stellar track record. So we're, we'll be right back with Arch Crawford. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. 
As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold, and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Barry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times uh, into Good Times. And this week we have Arch Crawford again. Arch has been with us now three weeks in a row, which is sort of unprecedented so far for this show, except for our regular guests, uh, Roger and Chen, who are with us a lot, and Lena Mona Saritas, who had been with us as well. But Arch is with us again now. For those of you who have heard Arch introduced here over the last couple of weeks, uh, my apologies to those of you, uh, but I think that his, his bio is so impressive that I've got to really, got to really read it again. I'm going to pass it on to those of you who may not have heard. Arch cut his technical analysis teeth as first assistant to top Wall Street technician Robert Farrell, really a big name guy in the, in the street. And that was at Merrill Lynch back in the, the early 1960s. In 1977, following Arch's research into astrophysical phenomena and astrology and its correlation to market performance, he edited and published uh, the premier issue of Crawford Perspectives. So he's been publishing it ever since, and I just became a subscriber myself this past week. He's recognized around the world for his uncanny acumen. Uh, Arch is a sought-after speaker in the United States, Europe, and the Pacific Rim. He has prof. He's been profiled in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Forbes, Los Angeles Times, Kiplinger's Personal Finance, and in dozens of periodicals around the world. He also shares his insights on CNBC, Adam Smith's World, Money World, The Nightly Business Report, Sightings, The Wall Street Journal Report, Good Morning America, ABC's 2020, The A&E Network, and Geraldo. Arch, uh, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times again. It's good to have you back. Thank you. So uh, that I don't forget, I just want to make sure that we get your uh, website down just because this is the kind of thing that sometimes I forget, and I want people to know where they can learn more about you. Could you give your website? Yes, well, it's um, Crawford Perspectives, which is a long speller, 
uh, and if you get it wrong, you just Google Arch Crawford, and you can find it. Uh, do not go to astromoney.com. It's the old one, which we sort of abandoned in uh, 2004, but it, the first thing on it is the uh, URL for the new one. You just click on it, and it'll go to the new one if you happen to get there by mistake. All right. I know I've done perspectives it. Uh, at earth.com, uh, you know. Excellent. Well, it's it's easy to do, and I know I Googled you, and, and just like that, uh, right at the top, there you were. So, uh, which says a lot about Arch and, and how prominent he is in this business. Uh, so, Arch, um, last week, two weeks ago, we had you on the show because you predicted that we might expect a major move, and I underscore the word might, expect a major move in the price of gold and the collapse of the dollar. Mm-hmm. Now, that was, as you explained, the tightest solar eclipse in, I don't know, 100 and some years, and it's the tightest solar eclipse we'll have in another 100 and some years. In other words, in astrological terms, a big deal. So last, the 21st and 22nd has come and gone, and as far as I can tell, nothing very significant has happened, at least on the surface in the markets. So I have two questions for you relating to that eclipse, uh, that event last week. Uh, first of all, and one is sort of a general question, actually. Time-wise, how closely to an event like that do we need to see something happen for us, for for you know someone like yourself to say yes, uh, there was a correlation? Well, uh, I prefer to see something within uh, plus or minus three days, mm-hmm. but this uh, eclipse, as you said, is a, a big deal for like a hundred-year period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be watching when Mars makes the semi-square to that eclipse on August the third or fourth. Fourth or fifth, third to fifth, somewhere around in there, and when Mars conjuncts that point on October the 16th. So I'll look for those as major hits in gold one one way or the other, and I'm thinking up that one of them is going to be very big to the upside. And there's another um, configuration that's occurring this fall where Pluto is hitting the Venus in the United States chart, which represents its money. And it's also hitting the Venus in the President's chart, and it's also hitting uh, the Sun and the Pluto in the Federal Reserve chart. That's why I think that this whole deal, it was not just that eclipse, but uh, a number of things that are hitting, particularly this fall. And the biggest thing that's hitting, uh, other than that eclipse, is uh, next July, late July of next year and early August, um, there is the biggest, nastiest planetary alignment in at least 200 years. So I'm saying these people are talking about, you know, their session being over, um, I think, are dreaming, and they're hoping, and, uh, yeah. well, so, so I don't think a, it'll work out. <laughs> so from an astrological point of view, you think there's big trouble ahead? Yes, particularly the middle of next summer, but I'm... Um, I'm waiting to see if there will be much effect this fall. I'm not sure if it will be this fall. Now, the, on, on the gold, I'm pretty sure that there will be this fall. Why do you say that? Uh, for the reasons that I mentioned that Pluto hits the Venus of the U.S. chart and the Sun and the Pluto of the Federal Reserve chart. Mm-hmm. There may be a battle to... Uh, uh, there's already the the Fed has set up this situation and they're uh, asking for more power. Mm-hmm. And then there are several senators that are fighting back on that and saying, hey, we don't want to give the Fed more power. And Ron Ron Paul has offered us a little uh, legal piece for the uh, legislature that is already backed by 240 uh, congressmen right. 
to uh, do away with the Fed. Right. We'll see if the uh, if the leadership in the House allows it to come to a vote. But if it does, Ron Paul would would win, and and the Fed would have to would have to be exposed for for what it's doing. I think it would have to be audited. I think that would be. You know, certainly something I would cheer about. But uh-huh. aside from that, um, so August 3rd and 4th and October 16th could be uh, key dates for gold. Yes, and well, he- specifically the dollar. Uh, today, yeah. the dollar went uh, screaming up pretty much. But if you look at a uh, on a on a three and ten minute chart, they looked it looked like a big rise. But if you look at the hourly chart it's back up into the region it's been to several times yeah. we've been in this range for a long time mm-hmm. and it's not breaking anything out to the upside just yet so uh, i'm actually buying some more taking more positions in the in the metals and the metals derivatives today long, long on the long side for gold yes and metals in general well i, I bought some calls on newmont and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. added okay. to that position and and uh, whatever else i have a few gold stocks small Okay. Okay, Arch. Here's a general question, also somewhat related to that. Can we conclude that since I mean, gold didn't rise within those what two or three days that you like to see? The things that you suggested might happen didn't did not happen. Well, the things, uh, the is, things is it that possible though, Arch? Newsletter. Uh, it says uh, actually you quoted here in this question. It also appears to us that a quantum move in gold versus the U.S. dollar may be imminent from sky formations. This summer and fall and mm-hmm. next year. Oh, okay. So uh, we, we're not counting that out. Okay. Well, here here's the question uh, that I had for you, and, and this is in part uh, my uh, my partner Roger Wiegand, who's listening in and may have a question for you in a minute, Arch. But here's a Roger put this thought in my head. You, um, <clears throat> Roger was mentioning along about the 21st, 22nd, the Chinese were sitting over there in in Beijing or wherever they they are, talking about the U.S. dollar and how in the world can we get out of this horrible currency. Mm-hmm. And now this week they're over. You know they're talking to our heads of state. They're, they're talking to our secretary of state and to, and to Mr. Geithner, and presumably to our president about some of these heady issues. The Chinese have made no bones about it. They want to get out of the U.S. dollar. They are, as, as Richard Mayberry suggested last week, probably structuring long-term deals denominated in dollar, where they're where dollars, where they're buying fixed assets around the globe, you know, in exchange for dollars that may become worthless in ten, five years from now. Who knows for sure? Um, so the question that I have for you is: Is it possible, Arch, that you know we know that, that that these heavenly bodies have influences on even bodily fluids? For goodness sakes, you know all kinds of things happen as a result of. Uh, is it possible that there are things we don't see that are being influenced that might influence policy in the future? I mean, I mean, I guess we would never know that. But well, one of the things specifically is that this eclipse that we just had, that was such a big deal, went straight over it started in India and went straight over the high population areas in China and I think they are going to have uh, considerable turmoil around those times that Mars hits those places for as I said uh, early August and middle of October okay arch we're uh, coming up on a commercial break now and we've got loads and loads more questions to ask you so we're gonna take a break now for a commercial and we'll be right back with arch Crawford
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Berry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Jay Taylor, your host for Turning Hard Times into Good Times, and we have Arch Crawford with us. Roger Wiegand, my partner, is also listening in. Roger has a technical analysis background, uh, and I don't, which is one of the reasons that I have him here listening in. And Roger may have a question, but before we get to anything that Roger might ask, 
I want to read, Arch, a, a listener's comment that came to me. And I know that you hear this a lot because astrology is sort of equated with uh, witchcraft or hocus-pocus or whatever magic, right? So I'm going to read this, and then I want you to respond to it. Uh, he said, Hello, Mr. Taylor. Uh, and this comes from a person in Thunder Bay, Ontario, named Aaron. He says, Hello, Mr. Taylor. I have been a faithful listener to you um, in, in for a long time, and I am a subscriber to Chen Lin. I was disappointed with your show today, meaning a couple of weeks ago when I first had you on, Arch. He says, I was disappointed with your show today to hear you tacitly endorsing astrology and was terribly disheartened. I've always thought of you as a logical, reasoned analyst. You must really know that if the market crashes, it's not going to be because the moon in the sky or the Mayan calendar. It's because of the actions of governments and individuals here on Earth. If people are going to protect themselves, they need to get away from that kind of magical thinking and deal with reality. Also, I think it was a missed opportunity, the time you wasted on superstition, you could have spent with James Turk on the inflation-deflation debate. That would have been so much more useful to your listeners. Anyway, I do enjoy your show very much. I just hope you won't discredit it too often with guests like that. This is honest feedback from a loyal listener. All the best, Aaron. Now, I just want to say thank you to Aaron for for sending that comment along because I think what you know we want to get to the truth, and that's what we're looking to do. And um, Arch has a background in physics, I believe you said, Arch. Is that right? Yes, physics and math at the University of North Carolina. Okay, so he has a solid scientific um, educational background. And then because of uh, statistical significance, I believe I'm saying this correctly, Arch, you became uh, interested in astrology, not because, I mean, and you had the same reaction that this gentleman has, basically, when you first looked at astrology. I mean, it's hocus-pocus at some woman sitting in a window in uh, in New York City with a crystal ball and and beckoning you to come in and she's going to tell you who's who's your lifelong wife and uh, you know if you're going to be rich or poor or whatever. Uh that's I don't think what you're up to uh what you're about is it Arch and could you just perhaps respond? I'd like to ask you statistically, statistical significance, can you address that? How often does it work? I mean you you've said it doesn't always work and I know if you thought it did there'd be no reason for technical analysis. You use technical analysis along with along with astrology. Absolutely, but that's already about four questions. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I was a technical analyst at Merrill Lynch when I read on the front page of the Wall Street Journal about people using astrology in the market. And that's where I got the idea. So I went to a bookstore and got the books of the people mentioned on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, and I said, you know, this is very interesting. You know, I want to know everything about what might affect the markets flow, but um, it was hemming and hawing about, you know, this rules that and this will work out unless that happens. And I said, what is really going on here? So I got a TI-59 programmable calculator. This is nineteen mid-1970s. And I got a book from Dow Jones called, Wall, you know, Dow Jones Averages, 1885 to 1970. And I calculated every most every sort of planetary happening and what effect it has on average on the Dow Jones average from 1896 to 1970. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I'm talking about has uh, real statistical significance. Now, if you if you look at a lot at, at individual items in in astrology relative to the Dow Jones, it's hard to find one that 
fulfills the 0.05 um, principle of uh, of uh, superiority in the in the in the data. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you put three or four of these items together, they hit such statistical significance that you cannot believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brilliant. billions to one. That's that's very uh, that's interesting. So you. You need to really t- look at this in statistical terms to realize that, it, that there's something to it. Now, well, I, I would say you say how how often does it work? It's often enough to give me one heck of an edge against everybody who's predicting the markets. Yes. Now, here's the thing that I think that that I have to look at, and I'm skeptical. I must admit, Arch, and I want to learn more about it. But as as Holbert said when he reviewed your excellent performance, he says, "Look, I don't care what you think about about." Astrology. The fact is that Crawford has come in, you know, up near the top among what 100 or 150 newsletters that he that he follows in terms of market timing, time after time. And so, uh, Arch, I know you're a very bright guy, but I think what you're telling me is that there that you're relying on what you're seeing, you know, happening in um, you know in the, in the heavenly bodies to to give you an edge along with now. Sure. Uh, uh, um, Roger, do you do you have a question for Arch? Well, you, the thing that occurred to me when when uh, we last had a visit a couple of weeks ago on this show was that um, I was curious as to how much credence and weighting that Arch would put on tech analysis versus his astrology work. Okay. Well, I would say that any any prediction that's further than four, five, six weeks out is 100% astronomic related. Um, and beyond that, as we get up, as we get the data in, I certainly, you know, keep a, a quite a number of technical market indicators, and I want to see that the thing is beginning to work before I throw it in as something to depend on. And even then, as you know, we're not always right. Sure. But it does increase the probabilities. This is a game of probabilities, and I find people come to me who want certainty in the markets, and they are not going to find it here or anywhere else. Because if you have certainty in the market, you know, you'll have all of the money in a very short period of time. And there will be no profits to be made there. I mean, you would have all of the money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The first one through the door. Uh, We we actually have a question now from a a listener. His name is Rich. Uh, Could you put him through? Could you put Rich through? Hi, Jay. Hi, is this Rich? Yes, it is. Rich, thanks. Welcome uh, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Time. What's your question for Arch? Well, I've been a subscriber, Arch, of your newsletter for a number, well, 20, 10 years, I would say. And one of the tools that you've used is the Bradley model, which um, has been doing quite well for this particular year, 2009. Um, over here, as July starts to carry on, um, the Bradley model calls for a turn down uh, from this point in time until late September, early October. Um, do you think the Bradley has inverted at this particular point in time, or do you still foresee that uh, this will track down uh, into late September? Well, I'm, I'm still watching to see what will happen. I have to make up my mind by noon on Saturday because I have to start writing my next newsletter. Uh, <laughs> And I have not made up my mind on that just yet. In terms of my my own investments, I'd been moving some out of uh, short positions and into gold positions, but I still have a considerable uh, amount short in my own accounts. Okay. So um, 
in terms of the Bradley model, when I was uh, going out and buying the books of the people mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article, one uh, called uh, one by uh, Lieutenant Commander David Williams uh, was in this mis- um, <clears throat> metaphysical bookstore, and next to it was Stock Market Prediction by Donald Bradley. Hmm. And he, in it, he had developed a, uh, a model uh, mathematically, that put together all two planet pairs of, of uh, two pairs of planets, and what effect they might have on the market. And he added them all up. He kept a running total a line called uh, his sidereal potential line, and um, very often the market will follow that. Uh, it's just the total aspect power positive of the planets minus the negative uh, ones, and that's that's what creates the Bradley model, and um, I found that the, mar- the market will follow the Bradley model very closely for a while, and then it'll go off and do something else, and several months later, it'll come back on to the Bradley model. Now, people who do modeling work with all kinds of r- regular statistical methodologies will find that they can create a model from past data, and it will work for a short period of time, and then it will go off and it will never come back on. Mm. On the planetary barometer or, or zero potential line, it will go off, but it will come back on to it. <laughs> so this is a mathematical oddity uh, as far as that goes. And um, So anyway, the Bradley model, when it is right, it is sometimes uh, fairly, you know, far more than statistically possible uh, accurate to the day. In 19, uh, in 2002, bottom in October 8th or 9th, I think it was, and March 13th of the following year in 03, the Bradley had those dates exact, and these could have been calculated 50 or 100 years or a thousand years into the future. That's uh, that's fantastic information. Very interesting stuff. And I call her uh, Rich. I want to thank you for for calling and asking that. It was actually the next question I was going to ask Arch. So. We, I think the uh, the planets must be aligned here somehow for us. I don't know. But, uh, there you go. I, uh, I enjoy your show, Jay, and uh, the first time I listened to it, uh, I actually received an email alert from Arch that he was going to be on your program, so oh, I'll, I'll be listening in the future. Excellent. I appreciate that very much. And, Arch, I wanted to ask you, we're, we've got to take a break here now, and we're finished with this segment, but uh, the Elliott Wave, do you follow Elliott Wave analysis? Uh, I don't really. I talk to Bob Brichter every now and then. He's okay. been a friend for years. Okay, well, very good. We'll have to leave it at that. We're going to be right back uh, with uh, the wrap-up with Chen Lin and Roger Wigan. Don't go away. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold, and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Barry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. 
Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks, at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. We're here with a, a wrap-up of this week's uh, program. I have Roger Wiegand and Chen Lin both with us. Uh, and uh, before we get into a discussion of, of whatever they want to talk about, we're looking. I'm looking at a chart here that shows the S&P 500 earnings, inflation-adjusted earnings, falling straight off the cliff. We had Peter Grandich talking to us about how the consumer cannot spend, and we're seeing the top line of companies. Uh, the sales are just evaporating. They're just not there, and uh, they've uh, had cost-cutting measures, significant cost-cutting measures, layoffs, unemployment is going up, which in the end, of course, means even less money to spend. So I think we're we're into something very very severe here, very much like that of the 1930s. And I'm reminded of an article I read yesterday in the Wall Street Journal front page talking about how banks are still not lending. The net loans are shrinking. Net loans, net new loans are decreasing, which is exactly what happened in the 1930s. Despite the fact that government pumped huge amounts of money into the banking system. Banks are not lending, and why should they? They're lending to people that can't pay them back. Why would they? 
and so we might have government forcing them to do it. That would be, um, you know, what Barney Frank and other statists, people that have no respect for the free market at all, are suggesting we should do. Well, anyway, uh, we've got Chen Lin and Roger. I want to talk to Chen first. Chen, uh, you know, we're, we're talking a little bit about, um, I mean, the world is looking to China, essentially, as its savior. The world is looking to China as a as a demand uh, engine, you know, to replace the American consumer. Uh, I'm going to ask you, first of all, do you think that is possible? And then secondly, I know you had some comments about China having their own problems, their own bubble. Could you just talk about those two items? Yes, hi, Jay. Um, I don't think China can replace the uh, U.S. as, uh, you know, growth engine. China's, you know, consumers, uh, basically their spending GDP is so small. Uh, again, I I'm, I'm have a view that China probably okay or fine on its own, uh, but I don't think China can contribute too much uh, to the world economy. Okay, and, and also another thing in China is that they're pumping so much money into the system, reported 20, 30% increase of M2 in the first half of the year. So right now they start seeing signs of inflation. Uh, people basically waiting, camping overnight to buy house. I count those. There's a rising price from you know from pork to noodle to everything. So last night just came out uh, a news from Central Bank of China. They say they are seeing the pressure of inflation start picking up. Wow. So that could be an issue because uh, then they may be forced to raise interest rates. Then will dampen dampen the uh, the growth. So that that could be a risk risk factor. So you know you're looking. And so looking very carefully on that, uh, one good thing about that is uh, Chinese people experienced a hyperinflation in the 40s, just like the Weimar Republic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have very good memory. At that time, the government asked people to turn in their gold to exchange for paper money, and a few years later, those papers become you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of buying of gold in China right now. I heard some banks actually running out of uh, the gold bars. Wow. So if you want to buy a half-kilo gold bar, you have to put on the waiting list, something like that. Some but, banks, not all the banks. So that, that's actually very good for gold. Uh, and as I uh, mentioned to my subscribers, uh, I'm you know putting more money into gold stocks. Usually July is a week, seasonal week, uh, months of gold and gold stocks. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good time to pick up some cheap stocks. Is it true for the metal as well, Chen? Well, different metal has different... No, I mean products. gold, let's say. Huh? I'm sorry? Gold is usually weak in the summer. Roger, you may jump in here. What are your your thoughts? Is gold usually weak in the summertime? Gold is choppy and weak typically in the summertime. And if you look on the 40-year and the 15-year charts, you'll see that the third week of August is normally a bottom and it gets ready to take off and go higher in steps and stairs all the way to April. Okay. Uh, Chen, let me ask you, though. So what happens is that uh, you, you had mentioned to me that the Chinese are very concerned about this bubble in the housing market, and they're, they're, they're putting some restrictions on the Chinese people, even those with money. Is that right? Right. So basically, you know, if you want to buy a second house, uh, you have to put on like 40% or something. They're putting a lot of uh, restrictions. So they want to avoid uh, speculation. But right now, those are the people, they're saying, you know, people who bought buying house, uh, sometimes buying use a full cash offer, they're saying, you know, I know that it's a bubble. I know a house may go down by 100%, you know, and by cutting half in a few years, but my money may worth less more. You know, my yeah. money may worth a quarter of that, so yeah. I'm still up by, by 100%. So that's people's mindset because they feel the money getting diluted and the inflation start to, to, to pick up. 
it's interesting that the Chinese people don't really have that much faith in their government, do they? But it seems to me, uh, and, their, and their policies, but it seems to me that we in the West, in the United States, the vast majority of us, not people, not us gold bugs for sure, but the vast majority of Americans think that um, that the government's going to take care of them. And my goodness, I mean, I, I just, I, I just uh, shudder when I when I see the attitude and the complacency that most Americans have. Roger, do you have you have some ideas too uh, you want to share about China? I think. Well, uh, the latest news that I heard. Well, we're, most of us know that in the first part of the year, and I think Chen mentioned it too that. Uh, China came in with a very heavy stimulus, way beyond what the what happened in America, because they didn't want everything to slip into deflation, and I think that's going to produce some severe inflation further down the road. There's a couple other things that are important, and that is that with the U.S. not buying uh, things from Asia, that export market is pretty much cooled off down to nothing or a trickle. Uh, China has to have new sales from domestic or organic growth, and they're, they're, uh, the size of their economy is as, as big as the number of people they've got is only 25% the size of the U.S. Yeah, that's what Chen so, was just so saying. So the organic yeah. growth is going to be extremely limited from what I can see. So with all these ricocheting around within the, within the money markets and the economy in China, I think that uh, I would expect that they're going to have some severe inflation problems down down the road. Uh, Roger, what markets you've got your eyes on this right now? As we uh, well, wind up, we got another minute here. I've, I'm uh, I'm working diligently right now to realign all my stocks, my juniors, seniors, and intermediates and ETFs, to get ready for the big fall push. Uh, we want to short the bonds continuously with TBT. Uh, we like the Canadian dollar. We had a failed trade that closed out today. I missed it by a few ticks, but the general trend is higher. Uh, the Canadian dollar is going to go a lot higher. One of the ways you can do it and not take so much risk in the futures is you can buy an ETF, which we recommend in our letter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the currencies are going to be good. Uh, gold and silver are going to be fabulous. Uh, Peter Grandich earlier in the program mentioned highs and lows in the Dow. He was around 10 or 10.5 and, and, and back on a low of 66, which is pretty much where I fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, our colleague... Uh, Bob McHugh also had a similar high, although his was a little higher. All right, Roger, I'm going to have to cut you off. We're running out of time here now. Folks, uh, we want you to consider going short on the equity markets, uh, selling into this strength because we do think there's a major decline coming up ahead, and we want to have cash to buy the gold shares cheap into the future. Uh, that's about all the time we have now. You should call uh, my assistant, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-1426. 718-457-1426 and ask him about the specials that we have for people who haven't sampled my letter, Chen's letter, and Roger's letter, and Claudio can help you out with that. Uh, as we close, I want to thank, again, my uh, senior executive producer, Tacey Trump, uh, Ruben Colombe, who's the operations manager, and Travis Ortwin, uh, my engineer, for making this show possible. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.